Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Future Is Now podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Nakamura. I am so glad that you guys are joining in today. Hope your Wednesday is going great. This episode, we're doing something a little bit different. I did a little Q&A on uh, Instagram. Some of you asked questions, so I just picked a few questions to ask. I'm actually going to break this episode up because a lot of people asked relationship questions. So I think I'm just going to do a separate episode kind of on, I don't know, dating, romantic relationships, etc. And so now I'm just going to take a few uh, of the miscellaneous questions that you guys asked and uh, we're going to answer them to the best of our ability. So um, before we get into the episode, make sure to like the video or like the um, podcast episode to subscribe if you haven't to leave a written review. We are at 108, I think, written reviews, and we can bump that up. So, you know, please, 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 if you have been listening to this podcast and you haven't left a review yet, that's the the best thing that you can do for me. It was just my birthday on the 18th, and my birthday wish for you guys is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or just rate it five stars, okay? So um, anyways, that's going to be the one thing that pushes this podcast, and that's what we want at the end of the day. We want other people to hear this. Um, Before we get into the episode, as always, this episode is brought to you by Theos University, my favorite Bible resource in terms of learning different topics in the Bible. Guys, you can't just learn about the Bible based off of reading the words on the page and doing nothing after the fact. Like there's obviously inspiration that come from that, but part of a big part of understanding the Bible correctly is understanding things that we don't know, like historical context, like what was going on culturally around what was written at the time. And in order to understand that, sometimes you need people that are smarter than us to weigh in on those topics and teach us from traditional viewpoints. So Theosu is an incredible subscription. I've learned so much from that platform. They do all types of topics, homosexuality, um, spiritual warfare, deconstruction, the modern church, Romans. They go through all the books of the Bible. Like it's incredible. So um, if you want a Bible resource, make sure that you click the link below, go to their webpage, use the code future one zero to get 10% off of your first month. Um, and go ahead and do that if you are looking for another Bible resource. Also, um, another, this episode was also brought to us by the Laser Fund, which is the best financial secret uh, in America, in my opinion. So this is just a fund that allows a family to grow uh, their wealth, to grow their money safely and smartly. And it also is a, is a great way to leverage your income and put aside money so that you can be financially free in the future. This is great for uh, anybody that's looking to invest in retirement, um, anybody that has a business, a nonprofit or organization, um, whatever that looks like. So if you want more information on that, you can always click the link below and schedule an appointment for a free consultation on that. But Without further ado, let's get into this episode of The Future Is Now. Get your hearts and your minds ready, and let's get into this Q&A. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Future Is Now podcast, where you can discover your calling, live with passion and purpose, and learn how to be the leader of the future. We all have a voice that people need to hear, and it's time to get the confidence to use our gifts to better the world. If you're here to grow in the things of God and develop a healthy mindset, you are in the right place. I'm so glad that you're here. So let's get excited about today's episode. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. So we're getting into this Q&A, everybody. I picked a few questions. So if you are listening to this and I didn't answer your question, I apologize. Um, if you DM me on Instagram, I'll just answer it to you uh, personally. So the first question is going to be somebody that asked, how can I pray better? 
Um, how can I pray better? Now, I understand the question. I understand that we all want to be better at prayer, right? And I think that a lot of times we can get, we can overcomplicate prayer to a point where we feel like, you know, just a question inherently, how can I pray better? What does better mean? You know, um, I think better means more, more effectively. Like the question is, how can I pray more effectively? Which is a fair question. Um, but we have to understand that like a lot of our relationship with God sometimes can, can turn into this whole like performance, uh, gymnastics where it's like, how can I pray better? Um, I think one of the stigmas around prayer is the idea of you have to say the right things in order to be heard by God, which is totally false. It's totally not true. Um, I, I kind of had this breakthrough in my prayer life when I was new, I mean, newly saved probably a year or two into my walk with God. And it was funny because all my prayers were like, they were always like what I thought I should pray. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, uh, it's, it was kind of like the words that I used, the cadence, oh, heavenly father, I thank you so much for your majestic power and awe and things like that. Right. And it was, it it just wasn't that, it's not the way that I talked. That's just not my, in my usually majestic is not in my daily vocabulary. So what happens is it almost felt, you know, like there was some type of barrier between me and my prayer life. And at the end of the day, we have to recognize God for who he is, which is, you know, he is the king overall, right? He is the Lord over everything. And there is this incredible incredible awe that we should have. We should never lose our awe for God. At the same time, we have to recognize that what he's a, like what he loves, right? What he cherishes is just our hearts and us. And so that's why when you're thinking about how can I pray better? It's like, well, how are you praying? Are you praying honestly, right? Like, are you actually bearing out your, bearing your soul and feelings and emotions and frustrations to God? Or are you just kind of doing surface level prayers that you think that you should pray? My prayer life took a whole um, dramatic turn when I was like, you know what? I want to stop praying like the way that I think I should pray. And I'm just going to go to God and I'm just going to be honest and I'm just going to talk to him. I'm just going to talk to him, you know? And so sometimes my prayer, I mean, I pray, I'm trying to pray through the Lord's prayer every day as part of my discipline, but you know, besides that, it's like a lot of times my prayer life looks like very simple. It, it, this is what it looks like. It looks like me sitting down and being like, God, I just had a bad day or man, I just am feeling this way and it's really bothering me. Like, God, I know that you are the ruler of everything and I know you are good. Can you please step in and help a brother out here? You know, like throughout the day, that's the things that I'll pray like, oh God, give me patience. Like this person is an idiot. Help me. Right. I mean, that's like, it sounds so surface level, but what happens is when you're, we're only praying what we think we should pray. Like at the end of the day, we're not really praying our true heart and that's what God wants. And that's what ultimately changes us as a believer is he wants to change our heart and our attitude. Um, you know, the more that I, that, and the, here's another thing. How do you want to pray more effectively? Start reading your Bible more because there are ways that God wants to be talked to and recognized as, and also like the more that I get to know Adrian, my wife, the more that I understand how I should probably communicate with her. 
there's a communication style. Same thing with prayer. Get to know God and you'll understand what he wants to be seen as, what he wants to be recognized as, how he wants to be approached. So read your Bible more. Um, the, the more you understand God, the more intimate your relationship with him will be. So uh, this whole like over-spiritualize, over, um, you know, over-emphasize, I think is hurting us in a sense where my honest opinion, if you want to pray better, then just go into a room or go where you are more, most comfortable. A lot of times I pray in the car, uh, but go somewhere and just talk to God without an agenda. Hey God, here's how my day was. Um, this person really made me angry today and he's an idiot. And I hope that he trips and falls and hurts himself. And you know what, God, I know that that's not okay. So, you know, would you work on my heart on that? Because feeling that way, I understand probably isn't the most healthy, but that's just the way that I'm feeling right now. And you know what? I got in a fight with my sibling and they were a real jerk to me and they annoy the crap out of me. Help my, right? Like just, just begin that way. Then you'll start to see your prayer life intimacy grow. Um, and from there, you know, when I, then, it, then it changes and it's all about understanding the heart of God. That's what prayer is at the end of the day. And God wants to know our hearts. So that's how, that's what I would say. I don't know how long that was. Maybe that was too long. Okay. Next question. I'm only going through three questions, by the way. All right. Going on to the next question. Uh, somebody wrote in, I blasphemed against the spirit in my past and my lost cause. So this is a, um, the idea of blasphemy, you know, this is found in scripture in Matthew 12, 30. So this whole idea of blaspheming the spirit and the unforgivable sin, right? That's what people, the unpardonable sin. If you do this, then there's no shot for you. You are going to hell and there's nothing you can do about it, right? That's the whole uh, idea behind blasphemy in the spirit. So, um, in this particular Verse Matthew twelve thirty, Jesus casts out a demon. So I'm just going to read this from verse thirty. So basically, Jesus casts out this demon. All these Pharisees pop up on the scene, and they're like, "Oh, that wasn't by the the power of God. That guy was demon possessed." And then Jesus kind of obliterates their argument on obviously a demon. Why would a demon cast out a demon? And he's like, "Obviously, this wasn't demonically. You know, I wasn't demonically um, possessed here." And then in Matthew twelve thirty, he says this. Whoever is not with me is against me. Sounds like, uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but I just read that and that sounds, it's like uh, Revenge of the Sith in Star Wars, Anakin. If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Uh, Matthew 1230, anyways, I digress. So Matthew 1230, whoever is not with me is against me and whoever does not gather with me scatters. And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven either in this age or the age to come. So, I mean, powerful words here by Jesus. Basically, he's like, yo, if you had something to say against me, that's all right. But if you are to say something against the Holy Spirit, that will not be forgiven. So this is where the whole idea of, man, if I ever commit blasphemy against, you know, against God can I not be forgiven? Am I going to hell? Is it like you get to heaven and God's like, yep, yep. Well, you did repent and, uh, man, you did, you were, you know, you did accept grace, but guess what? October 12th, 2027, you said this one line and because of that, you now are going to hell. Um, that's not the case. So if you were, if you were wondering this, just take a deep breath, everybody. Um, so we have to understand the context of what's going on, obviously, as is 
all with all scripture. So blasphemy against the Holy Spirit was an accusation of Jesus Christ being demonically possessed instead of spirit filled. So the Pharisees were in a in a unique spot in history because they were seeing Jesus in person and the Holy Spirit active at the same exact time, Jesus in the flesh walking and the Holy Spirit working through him. Um, and so, right, what, what, what a lot of biblical scholars believe about this is that the blasphemy that came from these Pharisees, number one, can't be replicated again because obviously Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, right? He's not on earth with us. And so we don't have the the evidence in the person of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in the same sense to uh, be to to accuse, I guess, Jesus of being obviously demon possessed. So that the type of blasphemy can't happen today. And this was a statement to the Pharisees specifically that in a, an expression that because you rejected this in this life, you were not going to be forgiven in the coming age as well. So this is specifically said to the Pharisees, okay? Like, hey, I know that you've been casting shade on me, right, as I've been walking around this earth, but now that you've literally just seen the Holy Spirit at work within me and you said that it was actually from the devil, then that's not going to fly. And he understood their hearts, right? He understood the position and the hard hearts that they had. And so he was speaking towards that. So what does blasphemy look like today? It's open rebellion to God. But... It is forgivable with repentance and grace because grace covers all sin. Okay, so, uh, you know, you might have rebelled against God in the past. You might have said things against God, against Jesus. But that kind of blasphemy is not what Jesus was talking about in this time. And everything can be covered with repentance to God. So, I blasphemy against the spirit of my past. Am I a lost cause? No, you're not a lost cause. You shouldn't just be like, well, I'll just go off the rails now because there's no point now. I guess I'm going to hell no matter what. No, there is a place for you in heaven. So fret not. If I was you, I would be stressing and anxious if I was believing that. So just rest easy. You know, take a deep breath. As long as you have repentance in your heart and you're, you know, following God, there's nothing to be concerned about. All right. So then going to the final question here. Do I need church? I get a lot of this question, um, you know, do I need to go to church? Should I go to church? Well, technically, uh, I don't need church. Uh, well, in the New Testament, churches were just in homes, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. Um, I think this is the wrong question, right? Do you need church? No, you don't need church, right? But like, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't, you don't need anything except for God, right? I don't need this coffee in front of me that I'm drinking, but it benefits my life and it's really good. So I'm going to do it. I don't need a roof over my head, but I don't want to sit out in the freezing cold rain, right? So it's probably good for my life. I don't need a car, but I don't want to take five years to go get a bag of groceries at the store. So it's probably good for my life, right? So this idea, the whole idea of do I need, well, you don't need church. Well, true, but your life is comprised of a lot of things that you don't need, but make it better. And the question we should be asking isn't, do I need church? Is should I go to church? Does it make my faith better? Which my argument would be, absolutely. It does. It makes your life better. Come on. Like, let's not, let's not play games here. It's the wrong question. Of course you should go to church. You don't need anything except for God, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't benefit your life. So, you know, in my life, 
the church taught me, it corrected me, it encouraged me. There's nothing like corporate worship. There's nothing like getting a, and I, I had a revelation of this after I worked on staff. Cause when I worked on staff, I was at multiple services a week and I, I was always at the church and, you know, and then when I wasn't, I was like, man, I just like, I need the house of God. I need to get around people that love God as I do. And let me just exp- like my, I've had a great experience with church. I understand that that might not be the case for people. And, you know, there's real terrible churches out there that are doing dumb things. And you know what? My, my heart does break for those people that I hear from and that have been legitimately hurt by a church, um, you know? And so, but the idea of this whole, well, because I got hurt by a church, it's not worth it to get into another one because, man, I'm going church shopping and all this and it doesn't really work out and it's kind of annoying. Listen, I have yet to know, okay, and I could be proved wrong. I'm just saying I have yet to know a really strong, um, a really strong person of faith that does not go to church. Like if you could get, if you could give me some examples, right? I would love, I would love them, but I don't, I don't have any. <laughs> so the idea is church is probably good for you. You know, it's like I had a conversation with, um, I had a conversation with my buddies and there's like a local restaurant around where I live and it's really good. And there's like three of them. And this guy's like, yeah, I went there and it wasn't good. And I'm like, huh? What are you talking about? It wasn't good. That place is awesome. And he's like, nope, it's, uh, it's bad. And I'm like, well, which one did you go to? He's like, oh, I went to, um, I went to the one, uh, up North, right. In Seattle. I'm like, oh, well, I don't, I haven't really been to that one, but it, it must be different. Like it, cause the one that I do is great. And he's like, no, no, like it's, it's not that good. Like the service isn't that good. The food's not that good. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you the one closer to me is good. And he's trying to make this argument of like, nope, it's not good because they have the same name and, uh, you know, they're uh, the same restaurant, right? But here's the thing. The the cooks are different. The service is different. The Obviously, the staffing is different. The management's probably different, right? Where they get their food might be different. So, of, of course, like, because it's the same type of restaurant, you can make the argument, well, I went to this one and it's terrible. Well, if you come to this one, it'd be really good. And this is the same argument that people would make with churches, right? Well, this church hurt me. Churches suck. Well, I mean, no, they don't. You just had a bad experience. Well, yeah, but like, uh, it's the same type of church. Yeah, well, it's not because pastors are different, leaders are different, culture is different. Um, so do you need church? No, but should you go to church? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> try and find a church. Uh, ask people around. Try because you need community in your life for your for your faith to thrive. I'll die on that hill. Like you just you do. I I've never met anybody that's the contrary. So, um make sure you go and you get planted in a church somewhere. And that's the, all that the questions that I have today. There's three of them. I, I you know what? I hope that you liked it. I guess we'll find out based on how many people uh listen and reach out to me if you do if you do have questions, opinions, whatever. Um I'm always open. My um direct messages, DMs are always open on Instagram for me to talk with you guys. So, um if you have anything, let me know also make sure that you subscribe to the podcast share with your friends i love you all i'll see you next time on the future is now